In today's show, we're going to be discussing Elon Musk alleging that Sam Bankman-Fried donated over a billion dollars to the Democrats. But the million-dollar question, where did all that money go? And quoting Max Kaiser from a recent interview on Fox News on Tucker Carlson, the Financial Times is essentially a Bible on committing financial fraud. And the Wall Street Journal is essentially the playbook on how to commit financial fraud. And Max also goes on to share that a new all-time high for Bitcoin in 2023. Are you ready? Also in today's show, will Grayscale be the next FTX? Will Grayscale is fighting the good fight on behalf of everyone in the crypto sphere? Also in today's show, Alameda Research invested $1.15 billion in crypto miner Genesis Digital, according to this latest report. That's right. SBF was consulted on this capital injection, which was made right before the crypto prices plummeted. Also in today's show, crypto lender Genesis allegedly owes $900 million to Gemini's clients. According to this report, that's right. The issue is tied to the Gemini Earn program, which offers 8% earn interest on crypto lending and is operated by Gemini in partnership with Genesis. Also in today's show, we're going to be discussing the recent wave of mysterious deaths in crypto. That's right. Also, the top analysts who called the May 2021 Bitcoin crash predicts an epic rally for the King Crypto to hit $350,000 per BTC and shares his timeline. That's right. Synonymous analyst Dave the Wave tells his 130,000 Twitter followers that Bitcoin could ascend to $350,000 by December 2027 based on his logarithmic growth curve model. That's right. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. And welcome everyone just tuning in to today's live stream of Crypto News Alerts. This is pod episode number 1123, and I am your host, JV, and today is December 4th, 2022. Let's dive right into today's market watch. As you can see here on your screen, we got Bitcoin barely in the green, up 0.33% for the day, and hovering just above 17,000 at the time of this recording, while Ether, BNB, XRP, Cardano all pulling back and in the red, while Avalanche, Doge, and DOT are also in the green. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, we can see the current market cap sitting at $853 billion, with about $31 billion in volume in the past 24 hours, which is unusually low. And the current Bitcoin dominance is 38.3%, with the Ether dominance at 18.1%. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers in the past 24 hours, CeeLo leading the pack up 15%, trading at $0.68, cents, followed by Immutable X up 5%, trading above $0.50, cents, followed by the Trust Wallet Token up 2%, trading at $2.42. Below that, we have Nexo, Mina, and Flow. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers for the past week, we can see a sea of green, which is a good sign. FTM up 24%. We got Trust Wallet Token up 21%. And GMX up 16.6%. And checking out one of my favorite indicators, the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, shows we are currently rated a 26 in fear. Yesterday, a 27. Last week, a 26. And last month, a 30 in fear. And FYI, we have been stuck in fear, in extreme fear, for the bulk of this year for 2022, which is insane, to say the least. With that being shared, welcome once again to everyone tuning in to today's live show. You'll notice the live Bitcoin feed on the screen has been updated because 
BitGo, which I was using, is down. So we're using one not as pretty, but it still gets the job done. And as you can see, we're still currently trading just above $17,000. But let's dive right into our first breaking story of the day. And that's Elon alleging that Bankman Freed donated over a billion bucks to the Dems. That's right. The attempts of mainstream media to water down the frauds committed by FTX CEO Sam Bankman Freed did not fare well in convincing the crypto community and entrepreneurs. Instead, the misinfo campaign collided with Tesla CEO Elon Musk in his drive to position Twitter as the most accurate source of information. And shout out to Elon. The world is yet to overcome the shock after witnessing the legal leniency awarded to SBF for misappropriating user funds and shady investment practices via trading firms Alameda Research and FTX. Now, Will Mandidus, the CEO of Science.io, a healthcare data platform, pointed out that SBF made the highest ROI trade of all time by donating $40 million to the right people for getting away with stealing over $10 billion, as shared here. And Elon responded, that's just the put a publicly disclosed number. His actual support of Dem elections is probably over a billion dollars. The money went somewhere. So where did it go? That's right. The million dollar question. But on the other hand, must allege that Bankman Freed donated over a billion to Democratic candidates, which is way more than the publicly disclosed amount of just 40 million. And Bankman Freed previously admitted to making backdoor donations to the Democratic Party. Must ask. His actual support of Dem elections is probably over a billion. The money went somewhere. So where did it go? And the United States House Financial Services Committee Chair Maxine Waters, a Democrat and ranking member of Patrick McHenry, a Republican, has requested SBF to appear in an investigative hearing scheduled for December 13th. But there's also videos of Maxine blowing kisses to Bankman Freed. So I would call this collusion to say the least. Now to this request, prominent entrepreneurs, including Polygon CEO Brian Wyatt, inform Waters that he is an a criminal after being shocked at the leniency shown by people in the power to the fugitive. That's because if he really did donate over a billion dollars to these corrupt politicians, you can only imagine the connections he has higher up in which they're trying to protect him and their criminal enterprise. Now, the crypto community openly criticizes paid narratives that try to show SBF in a good light. The latest backlash is related to SBF's interviews by the New York Times, as well as Good Morning America. And speaking to news outlets during the apology tour, SBF portrayed himself as a victim poor fella, and got applauded at the end. You can't make this stuff up, folks. We're living in a clown world. Watching SBF's interview is kind of like watching Casey Anthony's documentary. They're so mechanical. They're so inauthentic in their delivery. Yeah, and every other word, he's like, uh, uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to that money. I was spread too thin. Well, if you feel any emotion at all, it slows people down. The way it is expressed is a separate subjective matter, said Twitter user and developer. Well, there you have it. And a massive shout out to Max who was recently on Tucker Carlson's show, which I covered in great detail in yesterday's episode. So if you missed it, be sure to check it out. Quitting Max here. The Financial Times is essentially a Bible on committing financial fraud. And the Wall Street Journal is essentially the playbook on how to commit financial fraud. Let's not forget, they were calling... Uh, Bankman Freed, the white horse of crypto. They were calling him the JP Morgan of crypto and the biggest insult, the Michael Jordan of crypto. Ugh, no comparison whatsoever. Now, Max just tweeted this morning, new all-time high for Bitcoin in 2023. Are you ready? Let me know in the comments right down below and let me know if you agree or disagree with Max that we're likely to hit a new all-time high sometime in 2023. With that being shared, now let's dive into our next breaking story of the day. Can Grayscale become the next 
FTX? Well, I hope not for the sake of everyone in crypto, but check it. November 18th, Grayscale, the asset manager running the world's largest Bitcoin fund, released a statement detailing the security of digital asset products and affirming that it won't share its proof of reserves with customers, quoting them here, due to recent events, investors are understandably inquiring deeper into their crypto investments. The statement begins, which is quite the understatement following the implosion of FTX and the inquiry into SBF's questionable leadership. In no time, the question on everybody's lips became clear. Will Grayscale be next? Well, the answer to that is unlikely, and that's largely because the people at the top, the ones who make Grayscale what it is, appear to be more competent than Sam Bankman-Fried ever was. Thank God, eh? Now let's look at the facts. It's true and possibly undeniable that the crypto industry will take another dive. If Grayscale doesn't fix its balance sheet, the space simply cannot afford another crash. Not so soon after FTX and not that of such a key player. Grayscale oversees more than $10 billion in Bitcoin and Ether and other assets and represents its parent company's biggest revenue generator. Now Grayscale's parent company, the same that owns trading firm Genesis, mining company Foundry, crypto investment app Luno and media outlet Coindesk, amongst others, is Digital Currency Group, whose founder and CEO Barry Silbert shared a note to DCG shareholders November 23rd, addressing all the noise surrounding the company. He indicated that despite the so-called crypto winter, the company was on track to reach $800 million in revenue, and its separate entities were operating as usual, quoting him here. We have weathered previous crypto winters, the CEO's note read, and while this one may feel more severe, collectively, we will come out of it stronger. Now, Barry Silbert is an early Bitcoin evangelist and a true crypto enthusiast, but unlike SBF, he has 28 years of experience under his belt before he discovered crypto. He used to be an investment banker in New York and was the CEO of stock trading platform Second Market, which he sold to NASDAQ in 2015. This is not, in other words, his first rodeo. Silbert, along with Grayscale's own leadership, has been putting up a parallel fight with the US SEC after regulators rejected its application to turn its flagship Grayscale Bitcoin trust into a spot Bitcoin ETF, the first United States one, and the SEC did so on the grounds of failure by the investment manager to answer questions about concerns around market manipulation. Well, so they say, and poor investment protection, but you could just as well make the argument they if they accepted the bid, cryptos would have the opportunity to open up to more institutional investment and potentially avoid the current downturn we're experiencing. It becomes crystal clear to me that the SEC purposely did not approve any spot ETF in the U.S. because they prefer manipulation on fraudulent crypto exchanges like FTX. Now, Grayscale then filed a petition challenging the decision with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia and proceeded to sue the watchdog for what it called an arbitrary, capricious, and discriminatory ruling. In other words, to anyone who cares about the future of crypto and believes in the importance of regulators acting in good faith to propel the industry forward, Grayscale is fighting a good fight. It's just unfortunate that the regulators are corrupt in of themselves. Now, panic sparked by others is not a good enough reason to circumvent complex security arrangements that have been kept by our investors' assets safe for years, said Grayscale on November 18th. They have proven their worth and substantiated their reputation with a decade-long track record of consistent growth. This is unlikely to change anytime soon. That's a great point. So if they've been doing this for the past decade, obviously, once again, this is not Barry Silbert's 
first rodeo, as he is no Sam Bankman-Fried, which we can thank God for that. So hopefully everything is okay with Grayscale, which leads us to our next story of the day, and that's discussing Alameda and their relationship with Genesis. So let's now break this down. Crypto mining company Genesis Digital Assets was the biggest venture investment made by Alameda Research. That's right. FTX's sister company and in the center of the exchange's bankruptcy, documents disclosed by Bloomberg December 3rd show Genesis raised $1.15 billion from Alameda in less than nine months. The capital infusion was made before the crypto price downturn. Between August 21st and April of this year, Genesis Digital is the major U.S.-based Bitcoin mining company, and it's not related to Genesis Capital. The trading company with $175 million worth of funds locked away in an FTX trading account. Now, former FTX CEO, Scam Bankman Freed, recently recognized participating in Alameda's venture decisions, including the investment in uh, Genesis Digital, despite initially denying it to the regulators. That's right. He lied to the regulators. And based on or did he based on the documents, the capital deployment was made by Alameda in four different moments, 100 million in August of 2021, 550 million in January and a quarter billion dollars in February and another quarter billion dollars in April of 2022. And last year, Genesis Digital raised a total of $556 million through two separate funding rounds to fuel its aggressive growth plans. Some of the funds sought to purchase 20,000 BTC miners from Canon, a new data center in Texas, and the expansion of its U.S. and Northern European operations. The mining sector has seen its margins of profit being squeezed by rising energy costs and the bear market. The latest Q3 mining report from Hashrate Index highlighted several factors that have led to a significantly lower hash rate and higher costs to produce one Bitcoin. The revenue earned by Bitcoin miners fell to two-year lows of $11.67 million due to poor market performance and heavier computational demand. Now, the recent FTX crisis is expected to make the crypto winter even longer as investors' confidence eroded. A Coinbase report shows that stablecoin dominance reached a new high of 18 indicating that the liquidity crisis might extend at least until the end of 2023, which is contrary to what Max Kaiser is predicting. As I recently shared, he's saying we can realistically hit 220,000 in 2023, but this article is suggesting continued crypto winter heading into the new year. So let me know your thoughts in the comments right down below. With that being shared, that leads us to our next story between Genesis and Gemini. So let's uh, break this down and how these two are connected. Crypto lender Genesis and Digital Currency Group allegedly owe $900 million to Gemini's clients. Ouch. According to Financial Times report disclosed on December 3rd, citing people familiar with the matter, the issue derives from the FTX dramatic collapse of November. Crypto exchange Gemini operates a product called Gemini Earn in partnership with Genesis, offering investors the opportunity to earn 8% yield and interest by lending out their crypto, including Bitcoin and stablecoins PEG, the fiat currencies. November 16th, Genesis announced that at 10 temporarily suspended withdrawals, citing unprecedented market turmoil days after disclosing around $175 million worth of funds stuck in FTX's trading account. Again, ouch. Genesis reportedly facing difficulties raising money for its lending unit, but refuted speculation on its imminent bankruptcy. Now, also on November 16th, Gemini Earn started experiencing issues with deposits. According to the exchange, the product remains unavailable at this time, while other Gemini services, including the exchange trading engine and the Gemini credit card, remain available. Gemini has formed the creditors committee and is working to regroup the funds from Genesis and DCG, noted in the report, in an effort to restore clients' 
distrust amid fears of contagious spread. Following the FTX fall, Gemini announced on November 29th its trust center, a dashboard showing metrics for funds held by Gemini on the exchange's behalf. And in a Twitter thread about the trust center, Earn Program clients stated they would regain their trust once withdrawals earnings Resumed, as shared here, Gemini will not be trusted by anyone if the earned situation is not resolved by your customer or by, yeah, do not create and market a product that has absurd risk to your customers' funds. Not ethical for Gemini to collect fees, but take no responsibility. Not good care for your customers. So there you have it. And Gemini's earned program was launched back in 2021 in the United States. And as of November 2022, its operations is more than in 65 countries, including new jurisdictions like Croatia, Cyprus, Czech Republic, Denmark, Hungary, Ireland, and Portugal, Romania, Slovenia, Sweden, amongst others. Now, the exchange was hit by the ongoing crypto bear market, cutting up to 20% of its staff this year, which seems to be the sentiment across all the major exchanges. Even Bybit, I saw a report, they're reducing the majority of their staff as crypto winter continues. Yeah, I haven't heard any official uh, uh, expressions coming from the the Winklevoss tr- uh, twins, who are the owners of Gemini at this time. But all we know is trust no exchanges. It doesn't matter what they share with you. It doesn't matter what their CEOs come out and state on the record. Just note, during times like this, if one of the largest crypto exchanges in the world can go under, which was heavily regulated by the CFTC and uh, you know uh, the chairman of the SEC, Gary Gensler, if those can go up, Anything can go up. So not your keys, not your crypto. Self-custody is the answer at the end of the day. As I like to preach here on the channel, only use a crypto exchange to make your exchange and then remove it immediately off the exchanges or forever hold your peace. But now let's discuss something very mysterious happening in crypto. A lot of very prominent crypto figures are ending up dead. Mysterious deaths. You know what I mean? We're talking about crypto billionaires. What in the world is going on? Is this a conspiracy? Let's break it down. We have number one, Titian Kalander, and if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, my apologies, co-founder of crypto firm Amber Group, unexpectedly passed away in his sleep at age 30. Sudden death syndrome? I wonder what that can be from. Now, the bear market negatively affected him, which had to dismiss around 10% of its staff earlier in the year. And in addition, Amber Group recently revealed it had been an active trading participant on the bankrupt crypto exchange, FTX. It remains unknown whether his death has some connection to the aforementioned events. However, he is not the only one suffering a similar faith. Unfortunately, the crypto community was recently shocked by the unexpected death of this dude, also known as TT, the Hong Kong businessman who previously worked at Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs, passed away in his sleep at age just 30. Now, sources did not provide info on where he died or whether he suffered from some diseases, which logically triggered speculation. Now, his company, the Amber group was once valued at nearly $3 billion, but similar to many other firms in the sector, took a major punch due to the crypto winter. It laid off around 10% of its total workforce in September, but costs cut drastically during these challenging times. Quoting uh, them here, we are currently reducing in roles that are lowering in priority given market conditions and increasing headcount in roles that are higher priority, he shared. And in addition, Amber Group had some relation to the collapsed crypto giant, FTX. The entity disclosed earlier in the month that it had no exposure to Alameda Research or the former SBF exchange. Nonetheless, it has been an active trading participant on FTX, as shared here. However, with strict exposure limits on individual trading venues, this represents 10% of our total trading capital. It does not pose a threat 
threat to our business operations or liquidity. Now, numerous colleagues of Calander expressed their condolences to their family. Annabelle Hong, a managing partner of Amber Group, said, lost a dear friend who has changed my life amongst many others in ways he didn't realize. Now, Amber Group described TT as a respected leader, devoted husband and loving father, and a fierce friend. His death is a tragedy, and our thoughts and prayers are with his family, the crypto firm added. Now, another mysterious death, another big wig in crypto's helicopter went down. His name was Taryn. Now, check this out. The 53-year-old Russian lost his life after the helicopter was traveling and crashed in Switzerland. The accident happened in good weather conditions while another passenger decided not to fly last minute, which is another red flag. Ukrainian news agency Union maintained Tenen was a billionaire crypto businessman with likely ties to the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service. More red flags right there. Some reports hinted he could have been a part of an espionage agency and was responsible for laundering Russian funds through a system of crypto operations. Hmm. Very interesting. Now, the billionaire has a wife and three children and has lived in Monaco, one of the most expensive places to live in the world, for the past 10 years. Now, Libertex, the trading venue he co-founded, expressed the team's most heartfelt condolences and sympathy to his family. This is more mysterious and more red flags than the 30-year-old who dies suddenly in his sleep. I mean, we're talking about a helicopter crash in good weather and someone canceling last minute. Now, as Crypto Potato reported early in the month, we also had Nukololai, Mushkin, who ground, uh, drowned at sea in San Juan in Puerto Rico, right around the corner, 15 minutes from where I live, after swimming in a highly dangerous area. The death of the developer came in a few days after he posted a tweet insisting the CIA and Mozad and Pedo Elite are running some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico in the Caribbean islands. He also claimed those agencies would torture him to death. Now, what's the coincidence shortly after you, you're dead. You know what I mean? Red flags galore. Now, the crypto community was quick to react, and some doubted his drowning could be a murder. Twitter user going by the initial Smokey Bear said, tweets four days ago about CIA, Mozad, and pedo elites and fearing for his life, found dead yesterday, not in MSN. And of course, few are spreading rumors of his mental health. Pedo elites are real. Why Epstein suicided himself. So there you freaking have it. What are your thoughts surrounding all these mysterious deaths in crypto? And I mean, stress, extreme caution. It's insane uh, to say the least. I would anticipate that some of these deaths were not accidents and, uh, probably were plotted if I was to guess. I don't have any evidence uh, behind that, but what's the odds of multiple multi-billionaire crypto investors dying, especially the ones tweeting that they're trying to murder me and the CIA is coming after me? You know what I mean? Very sus to say the least, but let me know your thoughts in the comments right down below, which leads us to our final story of the day, a $350,000 Bitcoin price prediction. This comes off of the back of Tim Draper, or not Tim Draper, but who is the analyst who recently came out? Novogratz. Mike Novogratz was predicting and calling for a half a million dollar Bitcoin price by 2025 and calling this for quite some time. And he recently came out and he says, I no longer believe that Bitcoin is going to hit $500,000 in this time frame. And then this other analyst, Dave the Wave, came out and said, you know what? We may not hit 500000 as anticipated, but I think we're likely to hit $350,000. So let's break this down, shall we? Crypto strategist who correctly called Bitcoin's collapse in May of 2020 is predicting a meteoric ascent for the crypto king in the coming years. 
Send it. Synonymous analyst Dave DeWave tells us 130,000 Twitter followers Bitcoin could ascend the $350,000 by December 2027. Let's freaking go. Based on his logarithmic growth curve model, and he tweeted actually right here, though $350,000 might be, this was in response to Novogratz saying 500,000 Bitcoin in five years, no longer possible. And if you take a closer look at this chart, you can see that happening in December of 2027. Let's freaking go which is ultimately five years out. So according to Dave DeWade, the LGC model is designed to follow Bitcoin's long-term uptrend amid changing macroeconomic forces. The crypto strategist also notes that the LGC model has held up so far despite wild swings in investor sentiment. Now, the range high of the model has served as historic resistance since 2018. And in this chart, which you can see, it shows that the lower boundary of its model is currently acting as support despite the extreme bearish sentiment on the king crypto. Dave DeWave says that the LGC could keep investor expectations more aligned with the markets during periods when Bitcoin is trading near the top or the bottom of the model. Quoting him here, it's easy to say up, up, up at the top and down, down, down at the bottom. Not so easy to say down or at near the top and up or near the bottom. The LGC fixes this. And at this time, you can see Bitcoin currently trading just above $17,000. What are your thoughts surrounding his Wow, whopping $350,000 prediction by 2027. Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.